this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Welcome to episode two. You know what? After episode two hundred, I feel like you don't need to keep track. It is, <laughs> it is after episode two hundred for sure. Two hundred four or five at the very least. Of so do we still like this? I am joined here today for her second appearance. I'll let you introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Cassie. <laughs> Thank you, Cassie, for coming back. Uh, Cassie was on last year's. Are you? Are are we still afraid of the dark? Uh, epic episode and we did we looked at the doll is it the tale of the doll maker the doll yes. house yes my favorite the doll maker is my favorite one yeah so creepy <laughs> that is a really good one uh and we talked about uh, which at the time was your upcoming book uh rosie paints with ghosts which is now out yes in the world you can go uh i'll post the link to in the show notes you can go to uh, cassie's etsy shop which is let's get galactic where you can right now Right this second, as you're listening, go and order a copy <laughs> of Rosie Paints with Ghosts. We have a copy here in the house. I can vouch 100% that my kids love that book. Thank you. E- even if we're not reading it to them, I have definitely caught the oldest She's Five just sitting, looking at the pictures. Oh, <laughs> that makes me so, happy. So absolutely recommend grabbing a copy of that. And while you're there... There's so much stuff. You, let's let's see. We, there's posters, original like all original art, shirts. What else? There's so much. I was looking earlier. There's so much bookmarks, stickers. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> there's and it seems as though you're adding new stuff all the time. Yeah, I I make stuff when I'm anxious or like sad. So <laughs> I make stuff a lot. <laughs> There was a couple of Silent Hill designs pretty recently that I was eyeballing and eyeballing. I was like, do it, do it, do it. Pull the trigger. There's, yeah, like I said, there's there's links in the show notes. Go check it out. (laughs) So much cool stuff, cool stuff being added to the shop all the time. And we are here today to discuss something exciting because on July 15th, Cassie is releasing her first novella, Brutal Hearts. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, well, I always hesitate to give the pitch because I don't want to say too much. So I will pass the, pass that over to you if you'd like to give kind of the, the elevator pitch of Brutal Hearts. Um, so I'll do my best, but also that's my concern too, because I'm, I'm doing it all by myself. So I don't have anybody saying this is too much. <laughs> like, so um, it's, it's basically, it's set in the nineties. It's, it's like a YA, but it, they're in like late high school. So it's like close to new adult. It's like bordering that line. Um, it's about four girls who are going on a hike trail thing onto a mountain so that they can do this little ritual because they're kind of like witchy. Um, and one of the girls, boyfriends or fiance had disappeared a year before. So they're trying to do a little bit of like a closure thing so that she can stop having like terrible nightmares and being like haunted by visions of him and things like that. Um, And then some stuff goes down on the mountain and they figure out what actually happened to him a year ago while they're there. Yeah, I think that was the perfect amount. 
That's the perfect <laughs> cool. teaser. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. To make myself and everyone else want to know just a little bit more. <laughs> you, I mean, really, you have me at 90s setting. It's like, boom, I'm in. <laughs> it's my favorite. So, <laughs> like, Absolutely. You set something in the 90s. I'm, I'm right there. First in line. Let's do it. Yeah. And I, I, I tried to like lean into it too, because like my favorite things that are said in that time are kind of like, kind of like corny and like just cheesy, like fun campy. Um, so the book is very much like that. Like, it's just, there's like little things that you'll recognize and like lines and things that you're like, Oh, I remember that. Or like, Oh, I know what that is. So hopefully it'll be fun. <laughs> I think it's fun. Do you have any examples with, again, without saying too, too much about some um, of the kind of the so, homages that one yeah. might find? Well, there's um like there's a like a couple of lines and stuff in it. Like there's a quote that the girls say to each other as like their friendship line. Um, and it has to do with a song by TLC <laughs> from the time. Um, and uh, coincidentally, also has it's the waterfall song. So they're on a mountain, and there's like a waterfall. So um, and then uh, the one of the pre-order things. So I'm I'm doing um by the time this goes up, that will be over. But I did do a pre-order bonus for all of June. Um, and that the people pre who pre-ordered the book will get a bunch of like cool little like 90s themed art prints and stickers and a bookmark. Um, and the sticker is a little bloody Tamagotchi, like a little digital pet. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I know that there was pre-order bonus stuff coming, but I did not see that that was one of the things. Oh, yes. And I won't now. say how, but that will that does play somehow into the book as well. So there's a lot of little 90s things that, you know, I just I liked when I was younger. <laughs> no, that's just, oh, that's man. I'm just now, I'm excited to just pull up that <laughs> sticker, see that Tamagotchi sticker. Did you have a Tamagotchi in the nineties? Yes. Yeah. Did yeah, it make I, it, did it make it through? Okay. Um, It did. I ended up losing it and I don't even remember where I lost it. Like it was in my backpack and then it wasn't like suddenly. And I didn't notice for a couple of days and I was like, oh man, I've got to go feed it. And then it was just gone. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm the worst parent for this thing. Oh no. Hopefully it's next parent is better. <laughs> I, I mean, just lost my baby. <laughs> it was a better fate than my poor tamagotchi <laughs> it's like oh yeah him i wonder oh no oh well i'm surprised started... those haven't haven't had like a big or unless they have a big well resurgence. they did they re-released them yeah they made them like more modern and um i think some of them have like maybe color screens now like instead of just like the the black and white sort of like phone looking snake game type thing like oh yeah yeah and they have like different colors and stuff there's a rainbow one that i want that i've had in my wish list and i keep telling my boyfriend but he's like i'm gonna get you gifts that are practical <laughs> not gifts that are for 90s inner you <laughs> i can't think of anything more practical really I, that's what i'm saying I, so yeah next birthday that's gonna be top of the wish list for me there is definitely this big 90s like i think everyone has collectively realized like it really was the best decade because now when we go to the toy store and i'll be with my kid they have all of these repackaged exactly the way they were toys from when I was a kid. So there's Masters of the Universe, Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles in that exact same packaging. And she'll find me eyeballing them and be like, hmm. <laughs> like, Dad, can we get the Hot Wheels set? Sure, sure. <laughs> but OK, let me tell you about the Dragon Zord and why this <laughs> thing is really good. Dad, no. It's like, but you play this flute. Oh, fine. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is getting it's it's weird because I feel like it has like a little bit of a resurgence every now and then like there there will be like a re-release of like the smackers like chapstick or like something like that or like food. But recently, especially with them, um, like the Fear Street movies and then yeah. the, the Christopher Pike stuff that's coming out, like I'm just I'm in heaven since the 90s. Like this is the first time I've had all this stuff back again being fresh. So I'm just so excited about all of it. And it's cool to see 
younger generations, you know, embracing that kind of stuff that it's yes. not just being looked at as, you know, our, our generation looking back and going, I'm telling you, the nineties were great. Like the fear street movies were very widely embraced. So that's, yeah, that's very cool to see. So yeah, well done the nineties. For sure. For sure. I did see, I did see some people on Twitter, especially like younger folks talking about, um, the, the fear street books is, uh, classics which for me was a little bit oh. of a burn because i felt so i was like oh no something i remember from my younger years is now classic to children that's a little bit of a a harsh thing for me but i'll, I'll adjust <laughs> yeah it's like when they refer to goosebumps as retro it's like really yeah. oh no <laughs> like when that movie came out okay i'll have faith in myself that i just cut a bunch of not even tech issues user error i'll call it <laughs> as I fumbled around with a microphone and then ruined it by acknowledging right here that it happened. Um, <laughs> so to go back to Brutal Hearts, you mentioned online that it's it's something that you've wanted to do for a while. And I was just curious, you know, what is what is the history there? How long has it been in the works? And as kind of a side question, that's almost the same question since it's your debut novella, kind of what was it that made you decide like, this is it, this is what I want to focus on as my first big project? Um, so I actually, it's, I've been working on it for, I mean, I wrote it in a few months, um, but I had a gap in between that where I released Rosie um, because I started working on it before I was working on the first Rosie book. And then I, I had the Rosie, I had to, so I, I was actually writing it for a specific thing um, and it didn't end up, that didn't end up working out. Um, but the specific thing that I was writing it for was very, it was very specific in the theme. And so that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to do like this as like a nineties thing. Like this is going to be like a fun thing for nineties. Um, so I, I didn't really have it in my head. Like my first novella is going to be this nineties one. I was actually working on one. That's a little bit more like gothic horror before that but writing that one was not as fun so I was losing interest like really quickly in that and I was just like oh like all these little details and descriptions of like dark moody things like I like reading it but writing it is I'm learning not super fun for me so I I needed something a little bit more like campy and energetic so when I switched to brutal hearts that was like really really good because it just like poured out really quickly um and then it didn't end up working out with the thing that I was originally writing it for, um, for a couple of different reasons um, that I won't super get into, but it, it ended up working out for me because after that I was like, okay, well, I, I don't, you might want to cut this. I don't know, just so you know, um, but I've had like a kind of mixed bag of experiences in the horror community um, in terms of my situations with different people. And so um, there have been some things that I've been involved with or have almost been involved with that I learned later also involved people I did not want to be involved with. Mm, so for yeah. me personally, I think it's just safer for me to do things on my own now moving forward. Um, it's not that's not to say like, you know, that I I don't appreciate everything that I've done with other people and stuff like that, because I really, really do. Um, I've learned a lot. I have a lot of really great friends in the community um, and people that I learn from, but I'm. I don't know if it's just, it, I, I think it's partially just because I'm autistic as well, that it's just, I don't feel very safe a lot of the time. Um, and with everything that's gone down in like the last couple of years with all of the stuff that's been happening, um, I just, I just feel very like safer if I'm doing things alone and by myself and if I'm main, maintaining control of it. Um, so that's why I decided to do it through my Etsy. Um, I'm self-publishing it. I'm releasing it on my own. I'm not selling it on Amazon or anything because I 
because I'm doing everything by myself, I don't really want to split the money and give Jeffrey Bezos any extra. (laughs) I I feel he has enough. Right. That's what I mean. I think so too. And I've still, I've gotten some DMs from people who are like, wow, I think it's really unfair that you're not doing this on Amazon. And I'm like, unfair for who? Because like, I I feel like this is the most fair thing for me as the person doing it, but I don't know. I'm sorry if people don't agree with that, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's been hard. (laughs) I just, yeah, I don't think we need to do Jeff any favors, really. No, No, and I, 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 that's not to say I I totally respect other people for doing it. Like I have a short story on um, Kindle Unlimited, like my Christmas one, um, and it's like it's fine. I I leave it up there, like, but you know, I get like a very small portion of money from that ever. And since my goal with writing is never to like me personally, I my focus is my art. Like I like making art. Um, I like working on the kids books that I've been doing. Um, Rosie's second book is coming out in October. Um, I was going to ask about that, but I was like, I wasn't sure how. No, yes. Yeah. No, sorry. Just I, there, we want to make that news. So I was no, like, yeah. I'll, I'll keep it in my back pocket and maybe. <laughs> no, yeah, I can. It's it's called Rosie Cooks with Witches. Um, and it's about Rosie starting school and making new friends for the first time. And um, also about accepting different it's kind of a metaphor. They're witches and like some of her friends that go to the school are like, you know, they're not all like human characters and stuff in the books. Like obviously the first book was um, ghosts, but the witches, the little character sometimes bring food to school that the other kids make fun of her for. So it's something sort of like being more receptive to different things and being more accepting of the stuff that people are bringing and trying new things. So she's going to go foraging in the woods with her little friends and stuff like that. So I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be cool. It's going to have a very different vibe from the first book, but still be very colorful, just a little bit more naturey colorful. Yeah. yeah. Going back to what I said at the start, that's, I haven't actually told the girls yet, but <laughs> they will be very excited to hear that news. Good. Although they awesome. also, they also don't have a great concept of time yet. So when I say it, they'll be like, do, do we have it? Can you read it? <laughs> Can now? I read it like, now? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's not how it works. Um, but, but soon it's like when, like tomorrow soon. So you know what? Maybe I should just wait until I physically am <laughs> holding it. And go here, you go. Yeah, yeah. Just so they don't get too excited. Although you could like leak it now, and then they'll forget about it because they're kids. And then like later on, you're like, hey, remember? Remember? You, I don't know. You'd think so, but the youngest, <laughs> the youngest has known. Well, okay, I'm not gonna say too much, but the youngest has an. She knows when her birth month is, and she's just been kind of counting to that forever oh now. I love that. It's like my birthday's in blank. It's like, yeah, but right now it's this. So She's there's so ready. Some time. Like <laughs> mine was a little while ago, but she knows hers is after me. So when mine passed, it was like, oh, so then tomorrow's mine. It's like, yeah, no. <laughs> You're like at your birthday party and she's basically like, okay, I'm getting ready. It's my birthday Pretty much. next. Mine was, the, mine was the obstacle to get through, to get to hers. So just... <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah, you're old. Let's let's, let's do mine now. <laughs> That's how I would have been as a kid too. So. <laughs> um, um, Sorry, yeah, that but... was October for the next Rosie, or yes, it is comes it out in October. It... Okay, I don't have a specific number yet. Um, I'm going to do the pre-orders in September around my birthday. Uh, my birthday is the end of the month, so I probably have pre-orders for all of September, and then, um, like I did with the last one, it'll have like a couple of things, like stickers and um, bookmarks and stuff that'll go with it. Um. And then official release. The last one was October 11th. So I'm probably thinking like maybe mid-October for this one as well. Okay. And so I mentioned that the the shop will be linked in the show notes. So it will appear there too. So just bookmark that link yes. and just hang on and hang on to it or follow Cassie on Instagram, Twitter. I can post those too. 
you can see what we talked about all the different things that are being added to the shop. That's a great way to, you know, stay on top of it. Yeah. I talk about stuff a lot. <laughs> so absolutely. It's a, you know, Twitter is not always necessarily the most fun experience. So it might be nice to have an account in there with bright, colorful art that you can go, oh, <laughs> oh, what were we? sorry, I interrupted you about the date. Oh, no, sorry. I th- So I was just rambling um, just to go back to so Brutal Hearts. Um, so I was working on it for a while. Um, I ended up finishing it right after I released Rosie last year. And I sat on it for a while because I again, I'm doing this by myself. So I've just been Googling a lot and Google told me that you're supposed to finish writing and then give it some space and then go back to it. So I did what Google told me to do. It's literally like, I I just follow rules (laughs) that I've set for myself. Um, uh, And it's working out so far, I guess. Um, I've had a couple of people read it so far other than, you know, like the very initial like editing and like beta reading and stuff like that. Um, And a Spanish publisher, a publisher in Spain actually picked it up too. So they're going to be re-releasing it um, at the November, I believe, or the end of next year in Spanish. So that'll be really cool. Cause my family, awesome. yeah, I have some family in Argentina that don't um, read in English. So I think it'll be really cool that they can actually read stuff that I've written now. That's really cool. Yeah. That you yeah. get to share that. That's awesome. Yeah. How do you, cause you, how do you find, you know, because you said this is one you're working on, completely on your own you have complete freedom how do you find that versus like it must be pretty freeing right to just kind of you don't have anyone there to say well maybe maybe you need to cut ten thousand words out of this or anything of the sort i think it's freeing but it's also um a little bit nerve-wracking because obviously i feel like there are people who are a lot more polished than i like no matter how many editors i find and how many people i pay to edit it it's not it's not as if I have like a whole team of people behind me looking at it and saying, okay, I think this works. I think this doesn't, it's just still me and like one or two other people. Um, so I think there's, but just going into it, I know that like, I, so I know if they, first of all, I don't plan on checking reviews just as a personal choice. Um, I've heard that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm personally, I don't have very thick skin. Um, and I know that about myself and being online and being as public as I am is already very difficult for me. Um, but it's just, it's how I've chosen to live my life. So um, I, I balance that, but I think with the writing stuff, I, my goal again is not really to have like a super huge, like I'm not trying to be like Stephen King. I don't want to be like famous from writing. Like if I could be like, if people knew me from my art, that would be cool. Like I would like that. Um, but writing is just something because I've always wanted to write. I just like doing it. I like, I have a lot of story ideas and I want to tell people about them. And it's not, I think my boyfriend's probably just sick of me randomly going like, Hey, so one time this girl did this and he like, he lets me ramble for five minutes about the most horrific things. And then he's like, wait, is this a real story? (laughs) I'm like, no, I made this up. It's a fake thing. And he's like, okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry. That just means you're selling it though. Yeah. It happens a lot. And I, I, I know so many amazingly talented writers like through, because I started out reviewing um, and, you know, I've always read and I've just seeing them be encouraging to me about the things that I'm doing has been really positive experience because um, like when I was younger, I wrote and I did not have people being very encouraging about it. So it's like, even if I'm not like the best, even if people leave a bunch of reviews are like, wow, this needs to be like fixed up a little bit. It's just like, okay, but cool. You read my book. (laughs) Like how fucking cool is that? Like you read my book. Like, that's what I want. I want, I want people to have my book in their house. Like I don't, if you don't like it, like fair, it's not for everybody. I'm sure just like every book, it's not for, I'm not going to be offended by that, but 
you you bought my book. Like that's cool. That's my goal is for you to own something that I did. Like I think that's cool. So that's yeah. really cool. Like yeah. yeah, that's when this goes up, we're you'll be pretty close to release day. What like what is that feeling like when it's like that's the day you wake up? It's like it is this is it. It is day one. This work I've held, you know, I've I've had for so long is now out there. Like what is what is that like? Um, so I think that it would probably, I think my answer for this is going to be a little bit different than if I did have like a big publisher or something, because like, I feel like for a big publisher, their books do go out and get released on the actual release day. Whereas mine are coming oh, like yeah. tomorrow. So I'm going to be starting to ship mine out. Cause I'm very excited. I'm literally starting to ship them tomorrow as soon as the books get here. Um, so <laughs> I, I, hopefully people are going to be getting their books before the actual release. Um, oh, that's even cooler. Yeah, like that's what I'm hoping. Um, like fingers crossed. At least I know in the U.S. it should happen. I mean, barring any unfortunate circumstances, knock on like my little fake IKEA wood table here, um, that the boxes don't show up. But there are like six boxes on their way to me of books, which is wild because in all of the other books I've published, like my coloring books, my the first Rosie, like anything, I've never ordered that many books at once. Um, it's just that... oh, what? sorry. No, no sorry. I, I, that's the part that's like wild to me. So when I see all those books, I think probably like tomorrow or the next year, whenever they get here, like that's going to be like my like, oh, my God, like, look, I'm sure you're going to see it. because I'm going to be talking about it all day on Twitter and I'd, my Instagram. So, so you should. That was basically my question is when that happens, that must be just Christmas morning times a thousand. Right. Yes. Yes. Like to open I, it up and say, like, look at this. Like these are this is something I created. Right. Yeah. And exactly. these are ready for to go out to people who want to see the thing I created. And pe- some of them want me to sign it. Like you want me to write on a book and give it to you. Like <laughs> what? I just, it's so wild to me. That must be a pretty cool feeling. I think, yeah, it is super cool. I think it, it, it's, I just got the proof copy like two weeks ago or something. And that was like the first time I've ever held, like, obviously I released Rosie, but I think it's just, it's different holding an entire book of your words than a book of like art and words for kids. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm happy with Rosie. I'm very proud of what I did, but it's just, it's such a different thing. And it feels so different. Cause when I was holding Rosie, I was like, wow, look at this. This is my art. Look at these colorful pages. Like, oh my gosh. But with this, I'm like, holy, like there's a full book of my words. Like that's wild. I can't believe it. Bananas. And then boxes of that. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. So that's what you're thinking tomorrow, which yeah, at the time so. we're recording this, I mean, I guess the book will be almost out, but yes, they should be here on the 29th. Um, Knock on wood again. Hopefully everything goes as it's supposed to. Um, And then I did split the shipment up just because uh, I, for me, like just my experience with my own shop and like releases and stuff, staggering my packaging is a little bit easy. Um, And I know that if I had them all at once, I, as a person do not know when to stop. So I would just keep going until my fingers fell off. Probably. I think. So I thought it would be a really good idea to order them separately and then have a couple of days in between where I that can makes kind of sense. take a break. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As someone whose first job was literally packing flyers into an envelope and sending them out. Yeah. Oh, it is a yeah. good idea. Yeah. Take those breathers. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm very grateful um, that. So my goal originally when I first opened the pre-orders was a hundred books. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to do that. You know, like I, I, with Rosie, I sold like, I think 75 or something for the pre-order. It was like close to hundred. Um, and I was like very impressed. I was like, wow, that's bananas. Um, and since then I've sold more. So it's like, it's over that now. But when I did this one, I was like, I've never, nobody, you know, has written or read a book by me before. Like, it's unlikely that I'm going to get as many, like, you know, I can understand people buying stuff for their kids. I can't, I didn't think people would be as supportive of just my book. Um, but I'm like very close to 200 pre-orders now. 
and that's oh, like oh that's awesome it was about right? 150 i think the last update i saw so yeah i'm at um i think 180 one I, I looked at it yesterday i don't know so if i got any overnight it's like 183 or 184 something like that now um how many more then, days are left in the window uh i'm closing the pre-orders on july 1st so at that okay. night yeah. And then um, I also had an order for some of the books outside of my Etsy. So, but it's still not at the 200 mark. I think that was only like 10 books. So um, I'm just getting, I'm, I'm really close and hopefully, hopefully I'll hit it. But even if I don't, like, it's just still like, I didn't think I would get to a hundred. So the fact that I'm close to 200 is like absolutely bananas to me. And then um, I've been really grateful that some of the people who ordered books also got other stuff from my shop as well. So I'm going to have to make sure that I could just set enough time aside to package and print and, you know, get all the earrings and keychains and everything else that I've made together for those people. And yeah, it's just, it's going to take up over my life for like the next couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like you'll probably crack that 200 though. Cause there's going to be people, cause I'm one of these people. This is the rare exception to that where you get that last minute, like, right. Oh my God, I can't miss this. Yeah. I'm hoping I, I got to lock this in my fingers crossed. <laughs> so I'm going to say it right now. I think it's going to happen. Is Thank it going to happen on June 30th at 1 30 PM? <laughs> so specific. <laughs> That's when it's going to happen. I and now you. it will. And you'll come back and be like, how did you do that? <laughs> Your sorcery. <laughs> Uh, I had another question and now I'm, oh, um, this may be impossible to, to tell, but I'm wondering, do you think maybe with, because you said with Rosie, people are buying a book for their kids. Do you think people did buy that book for their kids kind of went like, oh, okay, wow, this is good. And then when, you know, the, the novella one, I was like, okay, this one, this one's for me now. My kids had their <laughs> turn. Um, I now don't it's know. A book I mean, for the parents. That would be cool. I didn't even think about that. Um, I I did think that maybe because that was my I, I do think that some people maybe have possible doubts because I'm self-publishing that they're just like maybe it won't be like the formatting won't be up to snuff or like it won't look like an actual book. But when they saw Rosie, they're like, oh, that looks like a real book. OK, like, fine. She can maybe make a book. So <laughs> maybe their faith in me was like a little bit more heightened from that. Um but yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. Maybe they're just like, well, now it's a treat for me, which <laughs> that's cool too. Cause now I'm like, I'm making stuff for the whole family. Exactly. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Do you think there is there kind of a, a stigma around self-publishing? Like this is someone who's very outside of that world. Yeah. Like, is there kind of a. There, I think there's a stigma for anything. If you're not in that thing, like there are people who look down on those who are signed with like the big publishers There are people who look down on those who are published by indie publishers. There are That's definitely true. people who look down on people who are self-published. It's just, I, I read books from all three categories. Like I don't, I don't look at a book and I'm like, oh, this is indie. I'm not gonna, you know, like if anything, I read a book and I'm like, oh, this is indie. Like how cool. Like, let me talk even more about this. Cause it's not getting as much of a boost as maybe some of the bigger things are. So I don't know. I don't. I do. Th I, I mean, that said, I have gotten books as well that were not up to quality with, you know, in terms of like just the way it's written or typing, spelling errors and grammatical errors and things like that. Um, like the binding was like falling apart, <laughs> stuff like that. So I, it just it, I think it's just a mixed bag. Like anybody anybody could get shit on or sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Anybody oh, could fuck. get. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so I've been trying, I, I've been catching myself pretty good up till now. Um, but yeah, anybody can get shit on for literally anything. So no matter what you're going to do, people are going to talk badly about you for doing That's, it. So 
Um, yeah, unfortunately, I completely agree with everything that you just said. Yeah, it's, I'm trying yeah. not to let it like just change. Like, cause I for so long I've let that fact that people, I've tried so hard to please people because um I think just from a really young age as an autistic person it's been very, it's very ingrained that I'm not right in my normal basic like reactions and the way I am. So I have to change to make people like me more. Um. And now that I'm like 33, I just do not fucking care anymore. <laughs> like, I'm just so I'm over it. Like, I'm just so tired of it because no matter how hard I've tried, people still don't like me. Like, there's still people out there who think I'm terrible, even if I try my best to not be terrible. So I, I'm i just I can't do that. I can't live that way anymore. Like living to make other people happier with me. I'm just going to live in a way that I feel happy with. And hopefully the people that also are happy with it will gravitate more toward me and the people that do not. We'll just like vibe the fuck off, like go away and find somebody else that they like. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. It's tough. Like for it's sure, tough. I absolutely it's understand hard. it's tough to not look at that and go like, I don't understand. Okay, you know what? We'll figure this out versus yeah. you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, all the power to you if you can look at that and just go, you know what? This is not worth my time. No, it's a daily battle though. Still, sometimes I have days that are rough. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. Of, yeah, of course. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole if it's not a big publisher thing, I'm not interested. It's so weird. Like there's so many, you know, it's, I guess as someone who plays a lot of video games, it's kind of the same thing. There's still this weird, you know, Oh, indie games. Like why, why? Like Some indie games are so good. Like why they win awards. They're amazing. And then you'll get, and it's the same people will then turn around and look at this giant $400 million game that comes out and goes, ugh, like it's broken and the content's missing and I have to pay to do this. Like, yeah. You know where you usually don't have to do that? Yep. Over here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Have you played Stardew Valley? It's really fucking good. And one dude made this. And it's $15. Come. You like, I've literally had that game since its release. And it's been years now. And I still play that game regular. I played that game yep. a few days ago. Like I'm still in another farm. I just keep restarting it. Like I love it. And it, it didn't cost me $60 and I I didn't have to wait three months for them to patch it to that. I could actually functionally play it. Like it's bananas. I love it. it but in yeah. the end, it probably did cost me $60 cause I own it on PC, Xbox, PlayStation and switch, but I wasn't going to say that. Yeah. Same. He, he earned it. I have it's it on my fine. iPad as well and my switch and my computer. So I also have spent quite a bit on it, but I think I've gotten it as games too, but that's, I'm like happy to do that because it's such a good game. And it's like, again, by one person now that he's doing the, the haunted chocolatier, right? The yeah. yes. And I'm so excited. I know this isn't a video game episode, but I'm just so excited. For no, I, I'm actually kind of surprised <laughs> we haven't done a Stardew episode, but I don't know what that would look like. And the answer I, is yes. We still like Stardew. It's playing it two days ago. <laughs> I set the spring music as my phone alarm for a bit and then realized I like this song too much to associate it with waking up to do work. So <laughs> you're I just like vibing in your dreams. You're like, ah, I just got my plants to take care of today. Uh, be a little like, ah, oh, wait. <laughs> well, before we move into, we are here to also look back on a feature film. But before we do, is there any any final things you maybe we haven't covered that you want people to know about Brutal Hearts releasing July 15th? Go to the show notes to order now. Um, no, I just I really I really hope people like it. I did the cover art myself. The the font on the title is my font, like my handwriting. Um, so it's it's very much me, like on every part of that book. Um, and I also I 
I just, I had to learn a lot to do it. So it made a lot of people wanted to read it and buy it. And so, cause formatting is not easy. It was a lot to, to figure out on my own for a book, which is very different from Rosie's. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I guess that's it. true. It's yes. so different. I did not expect that, but it was, it was a lot to figure out. I had to, it was a lot of trial and error. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, it would be a world of difference between the two. Wow. I didn't think about it before I did it either. <laughs> doing it. I was like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't a square book. Hold on. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's a real, it's trial by fire. It's like, yep. you know what? I'm either going to figure this out or not do it. So exactly. And that's how I, that's literally how I do everything that I do creatively. Like I'm going to figure this out or it's, it's going to suck. <laughs> like That's what it is. <laughs> and you've smashed through and now we're going to publish two books. So that's amazing. And a third yeah. on yes. the way. So yes. yeah. And Rosie's actually um at least she's going to be in at least five book series. That's okay. That I'm definitely not telling my kids yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> though, they'll be like, and they're all now. Like, oh, right. <laughs> One day they'll have them all and they'll be all One day. ready. Yes. <laughs> so for today's movie, and this might just be me finding a connection that isn't necessarily there, but when looking at the premise and going, going in the woods, huh? <laughs> my brain went straight to the Blair Witch Project. I don't know if that actually makes tangible sense, but hey, connections have been looser in the past. So no, I think it definitely does, especially because I was rewatching it and I was like, okay, there's like a group of people in the woods. There's creepy noises, like there's trees, like that stuff happens in the book too. So totally tied together. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I was worried we'd sit down and immediately go, oh yeah, this is so disconnected. I have no idea what we're doing, but sure, here we go. (laughs) Uh, what is your history with 1999's The Blair Witch Project? I think we've um, both seen so, it before, but yes, I actually saw it the year it came out. Um, and I was, I was probably 10 or 11 if it came out in 99 because I was born in 88. So I remember, um, I thought it was real. Like I didn't understand that it wasn't real, and they advertised it as if it were real and as if those people really died and disappeared. So. I legitimately was convinced. And I was like, daddy, we need to see this. I have to see this movie. People died. And he was like, no, <laughs> like we're not going to watch this. This is weird. And I was like, daddy, people died. I need to watch this movie. There's we a witch. owe it to these people to I, go watch I, their yes, story, dad. I did say that. I'm pretty sure that was one of my arguments. And he, I, he, when we went to Blockbuster after it, it was like on like DVD or whatever or not. I don't think it, it was probably VHS at the time, maybe. I think it was. Well, yeah. If it was probably both. I, I don't yeah, remember. It having, must have been both. Because I remember having the two the two cassette Titanic at the time, which was yeah. the VHS. So that's it must have been VHS that I rented. Yeah, I definitely had Blair Witch on VHS, which I bet helped the atmosphere more yes. than when I watched it on Blu-ray last night and was like, man, the picture is so clear. It's like, I don't know if Blair Witch is supposed to look this clear, but no. I yeah, know. I remember I was like, wow, this is I don't remember her like nostrils and inside them being so detailed this I could see everything this time. I don't think they would have signed on for that if they knew. (laughs) I personally, I don't know if I would have. 23 years, you'd be able to be like, I can count the hairs inside everyone's nose. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, it was a, must have been a good day because I saw this in Deep Blue Sea in the theater the same day. (gasps) Oh my God. Which boy, what a, what a day for me that must have been. And that movie Dick. The Kristen Dunst yes. comedy. We saw those three in a row in one day. Which, what a good time. What a good day. We closed wow. with this one and we opened with Deep Blue Sea because we figured we probably would need the little break in between. So we'll get some lighthearted laughs. I don't remember 
if I know that because they, yeah, they were definitely marketing it as this is a thing that happened, but I don't remember if by when I saw it, if that illusion had already been shattered or if it was still a thing that bit, I don't remember. I think so. What, what I've read after the fact is that for the first year they kept it as if those three characters, like they were dead in real life, like on IMDb, they were listed as dead and like, they were not allowed to do public appearances or anything like that. Like as part of their contract or something, because they wanted people to believe that they were dead. Um, And the website, like it was one of the first movies that was like widely marketed on the internet. So the website got like tons and tons of hits because people were like, look at these news clippings, like look at these dead people, like, like me, like exactly what I did. Yeah, it worked. It was genius for the time. Like, and it made a big difference for things that came after it. So I think it's, it's pretty remarkable. Oh yeah. This is, I mean, this is, I'm probably wrong saying this. I was going to say it's the, the birth of the found footage movie. I know there are ones that came before it. And after this movie came out, those ones kind of got re-released to say like, well, actually we predated the Blair Witch project, but I mean, let's face it. This is the one that kind of put that subgenre of horror out there. Yeah. And people went, wow, this, I did not realize is something we could do because they shot this movie for, I had it in front of me. It was something ridiculous, like $10,000, $60,000. Okay. Is and that, it, I, don't, I don't, is that a lot or a little? That's not very much. Oh, okay. And it made $248 million. Jeez. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. I remember like this movie was huge at the time. And then since there's definitely, I don't know, I think the backlash probably came pretty fast. I think it yeah. was probably still there at the time. Lots of like, what? This isn't scary. This is just boring, et cetera, et cetera. But I hadn't seen it. When was the last time you had seen this? It had, I honestly don't like it had been at least over 10 years. Like, I don't yeah. remember the last time I've actually sat down to watch it. I think same for me. I'm trying. It's, it's been a long time. I own it as part of a box set that also we just did 1408 from. I was like, man, this box set's really coming in handy to have right now. But yeah, it's been probably 15 years since somebody, I'd seen this. Somebody just mentioned 1408 on Twitter the other day and I, they were like, you can never watch this again. And I do not remember the twist. So I'm going to go back and watch it because it I've seen it so long ago that I don't remember what happens. And I'm excited to have my mind apparently blown again, according to what other people and you say. Can, and then you can jump into our 1408 episode that we did a few weeks back and see what do yes. we think here? Did Perfect we still timing. like it? <laughs> I don't How do, do we even need to set up the plot of the Blair Witch Project? I feel like. It's pretty iconic, like just yeah. little documentary crew going to find a creepy stuff. Yeah. What how what are your thoughts on the woods? Like if they're scary or like what? Yeah, like do you enjoy camping, hiking? I've Okay, so I've never actually been camping camping. Um I went I was one of the winners, the people chosen for um a camp thing that happened a few years ago with um, Alyssa Edwards, the drag queen um, and Tazo, the tea company, they did this huge sponsor or sponsored, like live your passion and be creative camp weekend. And they had like 50 people chosen out of like 5,000 applicants, which is bananas. Um, But that was like glamping. Like I did, I wasn't in like a tent. I was in like a cabin, like we had s'mores, like it was great. Um, So that's my closest experience with actual camping. And then with mountain stuff, actually not to like, derail from the movie but brutal hearts was inspired by me going on a hike with my boyfriend and 
we were trying to find this waterfall and we saw this like older couple coming down from the waterfall area and they were like just in high spirit so excited with their walking sticks and um they were like oh it's just up there you're gonna do great at this point i was already very scared because i don't i was very high up and i don't like i'm just nervous and we were wearing vans and like jeans and tights like we were not dressed for a hike I'm stupid I don't know why I was there um and so we're going up and I um we get we climb these rocks and for some reason I turn around and look down and I legitimately lost my shit like I panicked so poorly I almost pushed Rich off a mountain because he tried to like calm me down by holding my arms and I like freaked out I sat on my butt and slid all the way down (laughs) to get down to level ground like while crying and like I ended up like hurting my arm and my leg but I was fine like I I was so traumatized that I have not been back to a hike or a mountain since that. And that was like a year ago. I was so scared. So to answer your question in a shorter way, I'm not too crazy about camping or, <laughs> or hiking yeah. probably, but uh, as far as the the woods here, the Burkittsville woods, those seemed pretty level, like, except for like a little bit of a hill. So I was okay with those. Yeah. Your stance is similar to mine, which is fuck the woods. <laughs> yes. They're scary. <laughs> no reason. No reason to ever go in there. Oh, shit. There's some birds. Okay. Guess what, though? I have a book that has birds, too. I can just look yeah. at at home. I can go on the internet and just look at book or birds. Yes. yes. Like, if there's a nice trail and it's very, like, developed and it's very clear that, like, people frequent this area and there are no big bears coming to eat you, you know, I'm okay with it. But, like, once you get a little bit too into the wilderness feel of it, I'm, like... I could be trapped and nobody would know and I'll die. Like I'm just stuck on a mountain. This is not, I'm a person. I'm a human being. I should not be up here. I should be no. on the flat ground. Like, oh, we were crazy. not meant to be in the woods. No, no. I mean, maybe some people, cause I know some people do feel like very drawn to that. And they're like, wow, I'm most at home and comfortable here for them. It's great. I'm so happy that you have that for me. It's like deep water. Like, no, I just know it's not for me as a person. Like yep. I'm, my apartment, my house, my good, my good indoor bookshelves and stuff. That's I'm the same me. with deep water. So, it's so absolutely. I can't even look at it. Like I can't even play underwater levels in Mario. It freaks me out so bad. Yeah. Like, because factually there's something down there looking at you. It's it can just, see you. I, it's, it's probably huge. Mm-hmm. It probably does not like me mm-hmm. and it is down there. And no, no, no. thanks. no. Let's go for a hike and go swimming. Fuck no. Is there a pool? Like, is it a hike? Like, yeah. Like a, a nice gonna, thing with a trail? <laughs> are we going to walk to the wave pool building that's over there? That sounds fine. This, like I don't trek. think I've, I don't think I've ever told this story on here before. And this is going to sound made up. And like we imagined it, but this actually happened. So my wife, then girlfriend at the time, we went camping and it's that kind of, I guess, mid-tier camping where like we booked a spot but you know we did have a tent and had to start a fire and all that stuff which i guess that'd be right in the middle right like between Mm -hmm. glamping and you know what let's just find a spot ourselves and one time we were just lying in the tent and we heard something very big and very heavy maneuvering around outside and like rustling through our stuff we're like i mean that's a that's a fucking bear, right? Like there's a fucking bear outside. I was like, do we look? It's like, I don't think so. I don't think we look. I don't think we want the thing to be like, what was that? So we just had to lay perfectly still as we heard like. Oh my God. And like little, I can't make a bear noise, but like. You could gruff, try. Little, no, that was like, <laughs> I was going to spit. It was a valiant effort. <laughs> that was a one out of 10 on the bear noise scale. 
Now I have to decide if I'm going to edit that out. So everyone will have to wonder if I'm actually good at it. Now they know for sure. It sounded, didn't sound like that. It was not just a dude spitting outside at our campsite. And then we just had to lie there until like we heard it go away. And then that was our final night there. And that was, we've never been back. So were there like footprints or like, was your stuff all messed up? Our stuff was, a yeah, like it wasn't gone, but it definitely looked like it had been moved around. Was it covered in slime? No, thankfully. Oh, damn. I'd have burned the whole forest down <laughs> if that had happened. <laughs> like, just gone sight to sight and be like, you guys might want to leave. Uh, it's about to get re- like this. And they'd be like, they'd agree. They'd go, yes, you're right. This is absolutely what needs to be done. <laughs> anyway, back to the Blair Witch Project. These people do not decide fuck the woods because they're filming a documentary about the Blair Witch, which it's kind of cool how they did it because it's three main people doing, well, the movie, but in the fiction of the movie, the documentary. And if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the people they're talking to at the beginning are real people talking about a real thing. Am I making that up? I don't know. I didn't know that. I might be making that up. Let me see. I'm just going to type. I do think like the woman who's like holding the baby, she seemed very like I would believe that she was not an actress because she just seemed like a lady they found on the street that was talking to her. And like the way the child reacted, she kept covering her mouth. I was like, no, no, that was so scary to me. I was like, oh, my God, that's ominous. Okay, I'm completely wrong. Everything was completely made up. So I was just that lady and her baby. Yeah, I was invested enough that I just thought, wow, these people are really good. They're just really good. They They seem like good, like small town folk. Like they really they nailed it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of a different of, of a movie called Willow Creek. It was about Bigfoot and it had the same kind of thing. They're making a documentary about Bigfoot, but in the movie, in the fiction of the movie, they're talking to real people about Bigfoot. That's oh. what I was thinking. of. Oh, I got my movies mixed up. Anyway, the Blair Witch is not real, so we can at least all rest comfortably <laughs> knowing that in case anyone wasn't sure. Um, but they did the way they shot it was the people kind of behind the scenes definitely did things to mess with them and get real reactions, which I think is a really cool way to do it because the back half of this movie, it really does feel like you're just watching three people be terrified in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read that it was, um, uh, what's the, um, I can't think of the, um, where they like do stuff randomly. It's not scripted. What is the word? improvise yeah that i read that they wanted people to improvise a lot of the lines so when they were looking for people to be in the movie specifically they looked for people who had improv experience because well that would make sense if they were scaring them shitless and they were just like let's just see what you do as your reaction yeah which makes sense because watching it this time i kind of looked for those moments where it felt a little more you know performed or actory not really like it does there's not really a lot of like oh that we're watching a movie moments no no yeah some of i some of the screeching i don't know if it was just because it was like repetitive but some of that pulled me out of it a little bit because it, at certain points i was like is it i feel like i would personally just be running i wouldn't even be screeching somebody's name at this point i'd just be taking off but like i mean maybe that was that, that's not to say that that couldn't have just been heard like genuine reaction was to scream somebody's name like 16 times in a row in the same yeah. high pitch i need to look up i wonder if they had any idea that josh was going to go away Oh, because there's the I guess we're kind of hopping around a lot. So there's Heather, Mike and Josh, and they go into the woods to film a documentary about the Blair Witch. 
and bad things start happening. I think that's really the plot. And at one point they wake up and Josh is just gone. And I'm trying to find now, and I wish I'd thought of this earlier to look up if they had any idea that was going to happen. Yeah, because that would be pretty jarring. That like they just like wake up and they're just like, wait a minute, like is this part of the movie? Like what the fuck? Like what's going on? Yeah, like imagine if just the third person you were filming with is just not there. Yeah, I, I can't find anything about it. Let's assume no. Let's assume they had no idea it was going to happen, and that's why they're so good. Where was I going with that? Yeah, the back half of the movie, like there's nothing more nightmarish to me than. I feel like the early action, the earlier stuff is probably the most effective stuff. The kind of growing sense of something is wrong as they maneuver the woods, start to realize like no matter where, which direction we're going in, we seem to end up back where we started. And just that, I, I guess that happens a little later, mostly just the idea of getting lost in the woods. Yeah. Because that's it's, like a whole, it's a second layer to it because it's not just the witch. It's like, you'll starve. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just can't, picture like that whole scenario to me is just the worst and watching that growing realization of as these three people start to connect oh this is bad like we are in a very bad situation yeah they do a really good job too of like conveying the hopelessness they start feeling and also that like like they're just like losing their minds they're just like we have no options here i'm just fucking going crazy like i'm like we're just screaming at each other and like i've been in very stressful situations like where i i just would like react by just being like angry because i'm just like you're not helping what the fuck is going on like i don't know what to do you don't know what to do like this is terrible all around and like and that's even before they completely like lose the map they start like getting little rock formations built around them like it just gets worse and worse with supernatural problems on top of a very real life problem. Yeah. Like, cause exactly wood problem, like woods problems are already bad enough. Like if you're just lost in the woods, but then to throw in, Oh shit, someone's leaving rocks and stone or like stick figures hanging in the trees. And I'm 90% sure there's children laughing and pushing our tent in, which is probably the scariest part of the movie. Yeah, the giggles, the, the, that really, if I was watching that at home alone, I was watching it during the daytime at home alone and it freaked me out. If I was at home alone at night watching that, no, that was so creepy. Yeah, that yeah, that scene works so well. <laughs> and they do a, the, a really good job of, you know, the you don't really ever see anything. Like they never, they, res, I know maybe it was budget limitations, but they at every point resist the turn to, to go, well, what if you see something creepy in the trees? Like, no, you don't really need that. Like, no. And like, so it's just, it's, it's just that we don't see it too, because there's one point where Heather's running through the woods and she's like, what was that? I saw that. Did you see that? Like they see something. So it's like, it's, I think that just adds another layer to the found footage, like how well it's done because it's like, we're not even seeing the things, which is very realistic to have it would be. They wouldn't be holding the camera up, which is something I think the more recent ones, they try so hard to make sure you get everything, but it's not realistic when you're running away. You wouldn't have the camera up perfectly. Like this felt so like legitimate. Like this is what you would see if this were happening to these people. Yeah, completely agree. On our, the Flip It Through Franchises podcast, actually we did the Paranormal Activity movies and we had talked about that a lot that, especially in some of the later ones that the camera is just capturing everything too perfectly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and some points it makes sense within the fiction, but yeah, exactly. Like this one, I also, I like that moment a lot. Yeah. Where she just kind of yells, 
oh my God, what the fuck was that? Yeah. But because they're running, like obviously he's not going to take the time to stop and go, what? And try right. and find it. Exactly. Which makes it ex- like really help sell that, that documentary feel because they're not always going to be able to capture that money shot. That's just mm-hmm. how it works. So I, yeah, I agree. I think that makes the, the sound design and all of that is just makes it so much worse. Like if they had peeked out of the tent and you caught a glimpse of like a little kid running behind a tree trunk, they'd be like, Oh, uh Oh, but just the giggles alone, like, Oh Jesus, what is that? Yeah. Cause then it would be confirmed. It's like, okay, there's a kid out here. Like it could be a regular kid just fucking with you. It could be like, but you're just like, was that, is it children? Like I've never, I haven't seen children. Children can't be out here. They shouldn't be here. What am I hearing? Like it just, it makes it so unnerving. Cause it's a, it's so unnatural. It's something you shouldn't be hearing in that space it's like if you're in the middle of an ocean on a boat and then you just hear a baby crying you're like um what yeah. <laughs> like what the hell <laughs> no pretty sure guys that's not cool no it's freaky it's so freaky <laughs> yeah that i know that's kind of the common complaint with blair witch is that you don't see anything and like oh it's so dull and i know we were actually a while ago talked about doing an episode but uh, the only person I had talked to who had never seen it was like, it'll just make me throw up. Please don't make me watch it. Like, yeah, okay. because of the way yeah. it moves. Yeah. Yeah. We had, when I worked at a theater, we played Cloverfield and we had to put warning signs up because people, I don't think on my watch it ever happened. I was told it did that someone threw up in the theater. I wasn't there that night. Thank God. Although I was a manager, so I could have been like, oh, well, that's too bad. Could clean that up. But um, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. There's a squirrel trying to get into my bathroom window or something. Jesus, what is happening? Hang on, I'm sorry. Get off. I'm so sorry. That's... I just see these tiny little hands on the window while we're having this conversation. I don't know if he's stuck. It looked like he was like hanging from my window on the outside, but like swinging back. That was the he's. I don't know. I'm so sorry. I don't know what just happened. That was so freaking weird. No worries. I'm really invested in this now. Dude, I just saw, I'm sorry. I just saw like these little hands and I thought there was some, like my backyard is gated, like fenced. So there, there should only be one way to get into it. And that's from like the side of my house, which nobody should be over there. So, and then I saw like, it was just really small swinging back and forth and now it's gone. It must've been a squirrel. I don't, Ooh, my heart's like beating. I was freaking myself out because we were talking about the woods and that's so and tiny hands. Yes. Oh my god. Pressing against things. <laughs> okay. Whew. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know if I should cut that out or leave that in. You can. I whatever you decide. I'm fine with. But oh man, I'm. I hope it doesn't go back. That was so freaky. I feel like that needs to stay because yeah. all the all the reasons we've had to temporarily go off topic, that's a oh first. My god. <laughs> And I'm happy that we can still have things like that 200 episodes in. Jeez. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Back on track. Um, What else did I? Oh, uh, because you mentioned about losing the map. That's a good moment, too, because they don't necessarily lose it. Mike kicks it into the creek. Yes. He just decides it's not helpful for them because they're, I don't know, he can't read it and he assumes she's just wrong. Yeah, well, up until that point, they keep saying we are 100% lost and Heather keeps insisting we're not. Uh, we, I know exactly where we're going. And eventually, yeah, he just gets past the that breaking point, kicks the map into the creek, says it's not fucking doing us any good anyway. And then they walk one direction all day, end up back where they started. Which, oh, God, again, 
even if a witch never showed up and it was just three people lost in weird woods like that, I think this would work for me. Yeah, it's still very, very creepy. But for that added layer, they do stumble upon a weird ass house at the end of the movie. In the very end of the movie, I thought there was more time in the house. But by the time they get there, there's four minutes left. I also thought the house, I don't know why, but in my memory, the house was more witchy. But this is literally just like a house and like a cul-de-sac. Like it looks like just like has not been touched. Like it's just like falling apart. You can see the beams in the walls. Like, but it just looks like a regular ass suburban house. Which like maybe does make it even worse that they just find it in the middle of the woods. Yes. And that's because it shouldn't be there. And especially because they've been kind of wandering that area. So then to all of a sudden go, well, there's a house here now. Suddenly, yeah, and we Uh-oh. can hear our friend. Oh no. Oh yeah, that's right. They can hear Josh yelling out kind of indistinctly. I don't know if we go straight to the ending. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really wanted to hit on, but like the main thing that I thought worked really well is just it does take a I will say it does take a little while to get to the point where things I think it's about half the movie before is done before we start to get into the okay, bad things are happening. But it's kind of like the the falling apart of the group. I think all of that works really well. Um, like, because at first, you know, they're putting on their brave faces and they're talking about, oh, what kind of food are you looking for? Looking forward to going back to? And then by the end, they're just complete silence, screaming at each other. I think the scene where Mike's getting up in Heather's face with the camera and yelling at her about her, you know, this is your character motivation, is a damn good little bit of business. Yeah, a lot of their fights were very believable, too. Like, they made me feel like I, there were a couple of moments we're watching. I was like, this is I was very aware that that was like just a girl in the woods with two grown men. And I was like, oh, no, like this could this movie could have gone into very different territory, like, yeah, in so many different ways. Like, and I was just it made me uneasy for different reasons that I did not feel uneasy for when I watched it as a kid. Which makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about the ending? I know that's a big. I I mean, I like it. I don't I don't think that we need to see any like big, scary thing. I think it makes like all of the slowness. It was slow for the whole beginning of the movie, but it it, it builds a lot like it, they give you a lot of different things that have been happening in the woods so that you're like, wait, what is this? Like, is this even a witch or like there's a story with the men, the story with the kids, the story like there's so many different things that you're just like not really sure. But then when you're there in the house, you're like, well there are the stones the one lady was talking about. And then you see Mike in the corner standing exactly as that other story they said, where she like killed the kids and had the one kid like standing in the side. Like, so all the stuff that you got during the slow part is like starting to creep back in, but it hits you so quickly rapid fire. And then it just ends that it doesn't, I think it doesn't allow like the average viewer. It doesn't give you an, as much time as other things. It doesn't explain it super quick or like easily and nicely and cleanly. It's just like, bam, bam, bam. Here's the shit you had before. Done. (laughs) I think I understand why people don't like that, but I also like that because I'm just like, oh shit. You just like, whoa, like, okay. Like that is the stuff that led up to this. And now I don't, I I don't really know what happened, but I know it was bad. (laughs) I definitely remember kind of that uneasy laughter in the theater when the movie just all like, oh Jesus, it's done. Like it's that like, okay. But I agree. Uh, we talk, we've talked before on this podcast. I can't think, I was trying to think of an example of movies where everything isn't necessarily given it to you in a way that you go, oh, this is exactly what happened. But the pieces are there 
to connect it like that they've you know there's a huge difference between a movie that ends and it feels like the director or the writers or the people behind it just went you know what you figure it out i don't know (laughs) versus a movie where everything is there you just have to you know want to put it together and we've also talked about movies where you just don't want to like where it ends and you're like you know what i feel like this would make more sense if i watched it again and i'm not going to but there are still you know people who went well what what the hell happened at the end it's like well you got to go back like it's, it's there you just have to want to you know find it like all of those people at the beginning set up all these things that do pay off which i think is really cool because by that point when you see him standing in the corner at least the first time i saw it there is that moment where you're like what the fuck is going on and then it ends and then you go like oh that was like you talk about it with someone go oh that was the story oh yeah and i think that's a cool way of doing it versus you know we're being stalked in this rundown house by a crazy lady. There she is. I got her on the film. No. Yeah. And I think it makes sense for them too, because like all the other stories preceding them, the stories we had been told, they're all so different and varied, but the one basic thing is that there's something evil in the woods. So even with these, these are the, the fact is that you're left with this other story now that adds to all of the stories that we learned in the beginning. This is just another one of those. Now those weren't very explained either. We didn't really know anything. Some of them, like the bodies disappeared and one of them, like they're very open-ended. And so is this, like, this is just another part, like another layer to the mythos that they've created for the Blair witch. And I think that's really cool because it's like, it could be never ending as a franchise. Like there could just be different people going into the woods for different reasons. Like, not even not for a documentary like there are some soldiers in the woods there are some kids in the woods somebody's going camp you know like it could just be so many different things and you never have to see one specific creature or one specific bad guy or whatever you know like i don't know i just i think it's really cool like as a concept because it's not like so many other things that are reliant on one thing specific like freddy krueger you couldn't do a whole bunch of freddy krueger movies without actual freddy krueger in them anymore like that's it's just it's it's formulaic and i love it i'm not saying that in a bad way but it is what it is because that's what's done well with the franchise. With this, it's so open-ended because you don't you don't have any clean answers. It's so like, what happened? Like, you don't know. Like, it doesn't even show them after. And then at the end, I don't know if you listen like through all the credits or whatever, but they have like these creepy creaking sounds that sound yeah. like somebody's walking through the house. So it's like, are they possessed? Are they dead? Like, where are their bodies? Like, it's just, it's so cool and interesting, but not very clean I guess like not cleanly wrapped up um I think also too I, something that I've seen people complain about is just like the motivations of the characters aren't always super clear but I think that makes sense for the found footage like they don't they aren't characters that they're trying to explain to us like they know who they are they're each other's like they're a threesome of friends um they barely know Mike I guess but like they just they don't need to establish setting and character and stuff for us beyond what they're doing for the documentary. Exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense for them to sit around and spout a bunch of exposition to say, you know, hey, Josh, you know, I know that you haven't been very close with your sister since this, but we've been best friends. Like no one would sit no, around and talk right. like that. Exactly. <laughs> this is just a snippet that we get of three people who, you know, this is that this snapshot of this thing that's happening to them. And I, yeah, I agree. That's a, that helps make it better. Like we're watching this shitty situation happen to three people. We don't need them to sit around and go, did I ever tell you guys about the time? Like, no, 
No one would do that. No, no. And that's something that pulls me out of actual horror movies sometimes is because it's just like some of the dialogue is just so it's not believable. Like the what I was talking about as I was playing that the game recently, the I forgot what it's called now. The the dark the one that's like the dark pictures game. Um, but the new oh, one. The, oh, the quarry. The quarry. I was playing that recently. And the dialogue in that, I was just like, people don't say some of these things. Like there are some points where I was like, this is believable. Like I really like Brenda Song as as just an actress. So anytime I see her in anything. I'm like, I love her. So like, she was the character I was most motivated to keep alive. Yes. She's so good. But like some of the other stuff, I'm just like, no, I've never talked with my friends like this in any capacity. Like if for any reason, I can't, I've never heard people talk like this, but like in this movie, they're like, she's like, no, fuck you. Stop. Where's the map? Like, it's just very, very clear. Like, it's not like, okay, we need the map so that we can go this many miles, this and this many miles. Like, no, we don't need all that. Just argue, fight, get the map. Like Heather, you know, I don't like going in the woods after what happened to my dad. (laughs) What happened to your dad? I'll tell you. God. Yeah. The most we get is like, my girlfriend would know if I didn't come back. So people are going to know we're missing. They're going to send somebody. Like, and that's not, that's, that's realistic. That's what somebody would say, I think. Yeah, completely agree. Okay. Again, I'll acknowledge weird tech stuff, <laughs> but we're all good. Um, yeah, we did like 10 f- episodes ago or, or so. We did the movie, The Bye Bye Man. Mm. And that movie is almost nothing but, you know, ever since my parents did this and then it's like no no (laughs) why and it's yeah it's the quickest way to get taken out of a movie so it was nice to not have that here and it is kind of weird that like you said there's was so many routes to go and make so many different movies and then they just kind of didn't I guess because when they made Blair Witch 2 everyone hated it so they just didn't bother after that but yeah and I mean the the girl um the girl who plays uh, Heather that's her real name I think too um she she got like she won like one of the raspberry thing for like worst actress or something like she got like really a lot of bad reactions from people which is like that's not fair i feel no, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's she that she seemed scared out of her fucking mind because she probably was like yeah i felt like it was believable so i don't i don't know i i, I think agree that sucks um the scene of her i know got parodied a lot like the kind of her the final up close. yeah the up close scene i know yeah like a ton of spoof movies made fun of that but that doesn't take so away iconic, from though. yeah like the the actual moment in this movie works really well it and does. yeah i forgot about that but you're right she did get unnecessarily and like mm-hmm. her character in the movie is like there's I'm trying to think of how what i'm trying to say um i mean i was trying to say i was kind of annoyed by her character just to be fully honest but it wasn't because she was bad at acting it was just because i was annoyed by all of their characters exactly like what are y'all doing like that's what i was trying to say is yeah like like, there i was i was trying to get away from the word like that her character isn't that likable it's not necessarily that it's just everyone is at each other's throats because of the situation exactly it's not like we're not seeing them at their best so it's not like you know, it's just that we're seeing people under extreme stress who are like bickering and that doesn't paint like the best light on them. But I don't think like I don't I, I wasn't like, wow, she's a stunningly bad actress like ever at not no. even in a single point in the movie. Like I thought she did a really believable job of seeing distressed, of seeing really upset of like, oh, fuck, like I thought I had my shit together. And now it's very clear that I don't like I fucked us all up. Like, 
And it's, uh, it sucks. Like you can tell that she feels very responsible. Like I do, I do think there's that one point where she finds the bundle, um, which is, sorry, that was something I wanted to mention is because I think that's interesting how we were talking about. They don't really explain everything. So that bundle of sticks she finds with like the bloody and stuff inside of it, she doesn't oh, even yeah. explain what that stuff is, but I read about it on the internet after. And apparently it was like one of Josh's finger and part of his tongue and some of his hair and stuff like that, which you can see now that I knew that and like was watching it again, but they don't explain that. So from the viewer, I don't think you really even understand what you're, what she's finding. And then she's keeping it to herself, which I think is a little bit of a weird decision. Cause you wouldn't, I don't know why you would keep that particular thing to yourself from the other person. Like I get, maybe she wasn't trying to freak him out even more or something, but if it's just two of you in the woods and you're like in dire straits, like, and one of you is dead and you just found a finger and a tongue, like I would be like, Hey, I got to tell you, I just found a finger and a fucking tongue. Yeah. Like, hey guys. Yeah. That this was seems the important thing. Right. That's a, And I was like, obviously if he's yelling to us, maybe it's not him. Cause here's his tongue again. So mm, let's not go in the house. Like that, that was the one thing for me that I was like, wait a minute, Heather, Heather, say something, Heather, say something. <laughs> but instead she's just like screeching Mike and chasing him through the house. But I was so wrapped up in it by that point that it, it wasn't even like a detractor. It was just like, that's a choice I wouldn't have made. She did it though. We're here. This is where we yeah. are now. Um, I guess in the interest of time, final thoughts on Blair Witch. I think, um, I think it held up. Like I liked it better now than I remember liking it as a kid. I will say I was more scared as a kid, but now I think I can appreciate some of the backstory and the stuff that goes into it more than just the ending, which I think was probably more impactful for me as a kid. I, yeah, I agree. I remember being terrified in the theater and i'm sure this works really well as a theater like this experience the stuff with the kids outside the tent i'm sure that audio goes all the way around you so yes but yeah watching it at home it's still like it may not be as scary because i knew a lot of the stuff that's coming but just it still works like just as just watching this horrible situation unfold for these people and knowing i there is no way you're getting out of this okay and watching as they come to grapple with that I think it I think it holds up mighty fine. I was surprised. Yeah, same. Um, I don't remember if we did this segment on the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, but typically we wrap up an episode by uh mentioning something we are currently enjoying, be it book, movie, game, something that we are partaking in that we can recommend. Okay. I'm so for the last like two weeks because I've been working on different books. I've literally only been watching like America's Got Talent and uh, So You Think You Can Dance and The Voice, literally those three shows. Um, so <laughs> if you want some mindless fun, yeah, I can't. The auditions of all of those shows, the auditions of any shows, when you see somebody who's like worked really hard for something and they're pouring their heart out and when you see people clap for them, I start bawling like I cannot control it I just I'm a mess like crying snot and ugly cry like really bad and I've been putting myself through that for several weeks now so that's my recommendation is to also do that because it's very cleansing and you get to see some people achieving their dreams okay there we also go. yellow jackets that's another show I watched that's not one of those and I love that one. no I only saw the first episode <laughs> and that is not something to watch if you want to feel good distraction no but... no 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 they're definitely different vibes but I highly recommend it <laughs> I watched the first episode with my wife and I was like, we've got to keep going with this. She's like, I don't know if I wanted, like, she was like, it was good, but I don't know if I can deal with more of that. It's like, no. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that's, that's the case. And you can just revisit. It's not going anywhere. You can just revisit it later. And maybe by then season two will be out and you can just binge it all when you're in the that's mood. That's true. Yeah. 
It's like a treat. Uh, what do I, uh, what do I have? I mean, I guess I could throw out a recommendation for the quarry. Yeah. I did finish it. I thought it was very good. I think if you've played until dawn or one of the other, like the dark picture anthology games, it's a pretty safe recommendation. You're going to get more of that, um, like a bigger scale than the dark picture anthologies. But if you're uh, into interactive, well, I guess I'll call it what an interactive horror movie is kind of what That's it fair. is. Yeah. Um, in Canada, it costs a hundred dollars. So maybe, you know, you can wait probably a little bit, but I also, you know, want to support these efforts because there's not a lot of people out there doing that right now, kind of creating it's- these. Why is it a hundred dollars? Because our because it's weird up here. Is that just standard for the game prices? No, they keep going up. A few years ago, they were sixty, or I guess seventy after tax, and then they went up to eighty, and then ninety, and then very quickly, a lot of them went up to a hundred for the like the new Xbox and PlayStation. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's so to be fair, I still have like a PS4, so I'm my game prices are like stuck on that, so I don't actually know how much the newer gen games are, but like that seems. I'm so sorry. Yeah. At least you see, <laughs> good thing you love the indie games though, because then you can get a bunch for less. Yeah. It's too bad because you want to, you know, when a new game comes out, you want to support the developers, Definitely. but then you also like, okay, that'll come to $101. You go, Gosh. okay. Uh, yeah. The only reason I was able to get the quarry is because I had Microsoft points and I could cash mm-hmm. those in. So I only paid 50, but if I, oh. The quarry does yeah. have some like replayability too, right? You can make it does. choices. So it's a good bang for your buck. Yep, I think so. I'm taking a little break because I started a second game and realized, well, a lot of the major story beats are going to be the same. So I'm not quite ready for this again. I think, yeah. No, you can't. So, but soon I'll go back. So that's my recommendation. Just, you know, if you can avoid paying $100, maybe do that because I beat it (laughs) in about nine hours. Yeah. And that's not even $10 an hour. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you, Cassie, very much for joining me here today. Thank you so much for having me back. I had a lot of fun. And remember everyone to pop over to the show notes. There's will be a direct link to Cassie's Etsy store. So you can grab yourself a copy of Brutal Hearts. You can grab a copy of Rosie Paints with Ghosts for your kids. Get a whole, like, just while you're in there, just keep clicking. There's so much cool stuff. <laughs> Poke around, take some time, grab some cool things. Check out Brutal Hearts. And we typically try and end an episode with a classic quote from the thing we watched. What's a classic Blair Witch Project quote to take us out? I'm so scared. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Woo, bye. <laughs>